I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say that you're probably tuning into this podcast and you've been subscribing to this podcast because you're always looking for an edge. You're always looking for more information to get better. Well, what about your health? Just like in business, a lot of people are looking for an edge in their health. So stack the deck in your favor by making delayed onset muscle soreness history. So you can be your best every single day, whether it's in the gym, on the track, on the sidewalk, on the treadmill, whatever it is, we want you to be your best. So what am I talking about here, guys? I'm talking about Sierra Sil Joint Formula 14, a mineral complex that reduces inflammation naturally. Sierra Sil Joint Formula 14 contains minerals in a rich clay structure that eases joint and muscle aches, it reduces stiffness, and helps prevent cartilage breakdown associated with exercise and movement. So for any of you guys who know me, know me just a little bit, I've talked about this on previous episodes, I do a lot of high-intensity interval training, it's HIIT training, where I do a lot of hill training, and I'll put a weighted vest on, and it's really hard workouts, and I've been doing them for many years. So my joints have taken a beating over the years, my knees and my shoulders, and so I was looking for a supplement that would ease the joint and muscle aches that I had on a regular basis, and to no avail, I couldn't find anything that I really, really liked, and Because like I told you guys before, I've worked at GNC, I've worked at health shops before, I know there's a lot of crap on the shelves, so I wanted to find something that was backed up with a lot of studies and that I could believe in. So after doing some research and talking to a lot of people, I found Sierra Sil Joint Formula 14 and gave it a try. Now to my surprise, it worked very, very well. And because it worked really well, I made the recommendation to my family who also use it. So that's why I want to bring it to you as well too, because you guys are my friends. You guys are my family. I want to make sure that you guys know about the products that I find useful and that I truly believe in. And I want to make sure that you guys have access to them and that your attention is brought to these as well too. So I built a great relationship with the people at Sierra Sil, Michael Bentley, the CEO. I've been working with him for quite some time, talking to him. I believe in the product. I believe in the company. I believe in the people that work in the company. And so I'm 100% confident and very proud to present Sierra Sil as a sponsor of Cut the Crap Podcast. So Sierra Sil, they are so confident in their product that they want you to try the Sierra Sil 14-day challenge today. And if you don't notice better mobility and less stiffness, They'll give you your money back, guaranteed. Now, that's pretty damn confident if you ask me. But not only that, but when buying online, guys, they're also going to give you a 15% off discount. Just enter the coupon code CUTTHECRAP, all one word, all uppercase, and you'll get your 15% off just like that. So go to sierrasil.com and get Joint Formula 14. That's sierrasil, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com. That's sierrasil.com. Filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagiri. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Hope you're having a great week. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where every single week I make sure you never have to read a business book again because I'm doing all that dirty work for you. I'm picking up the book. I'm reading it. I'm making notes. I'm dog-earing the pages. I'm making the highlights. I'm condensing it down to core golden nuggets, and I'm bringing it to you every single week without a doubt. And so what I'm doing here is I'm building a repository, a library, you might want to say, of condensed business books for you. 
And the reason I want to do this is just to have that resource available for you. So if you've read a book or if there's a book out there that you know you like, let me know. And what I'll do is I'll condense that down to core golden nuggets and I'll feature that on Cut the Crap podcast. So anytime you want to go back and reference the book, all of the core golden nuggets from that book are found within podcast format. It's so much more convenient. It's the library of the new digital age. And so that's kind of what I wanted to build here. And over time, over a few years, we're going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different summaries on here. And it's all free, all free and all downloadable for you to use. So uh, to me, it's exciting to continually add books to Cut the Crap podcast. And um, we'll get some really great books. I've had some great books that I featured on here. And some books that aren't so great. And I'll get into that in a little bit right now. But uh, first, I want to let you guys know that if you are interested in getting any of the summaries, any of the mind maps that have come from previous episodes, all of those, you have access to them right now. If you're already a subscriber to the mind maps or the summaries and you've already um, given me your email and your first name, last name, perfect. You're already done. If you haven't done that yet, go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up. What you'll do is moving forward, you'll have every single summary and mind map of each of the episodes that are featured on Cut the Crap Podcast. But not only that, but you'll have all the summaries from previous episodes of Cut the Crap Podcast. Episode one, two, and three, good strategy, bad strategy. Number two was the dip and number three was the ultimate sales machine. I don't have the summaries for those yet. I know that many of you guys have been asking for them because you logged in and you've seen that episode one, two, and three aren't available. I'll be working on those. Uh, essentially, I didn't start the mind maps or the summary idea um, until episode four. I, would, I, I believe that was crossing the chasm. No, that's number five. I'm not too sure what number four was. But in any case, I started that at episode number four. So I need to go back and redo one, two, and three. And I'll have those available for you as well too very soon. All right, so what book are we cracking into today? Today we have Quality is Free by Philip Crosby, and this one came as a recommendation from uh, one of our listeners, so thank you very much for that. So I read through the book, and my honest thoughts on it, you guys, I, wanna, I want to love this book. I really do. I'm not a big fan of it, though. I'm just not a fan of it. It's, it's an older book. It was written in 1979, and um, Philip Crosby, he's a genius when it comes to quality management. But as I read through the book, I had a lot of different highlights and I had a lot of notes from it. But as I sat here last night going through this episode and recording it, this morning I woke up and I said, it's absolute crap. I can't publish this episode. And so I scrapped the whole thing and I'm starting fresh. Now you might be asking why I'm doing that. Well, when I read through the book, there's a lot of different strategies and different ways that he wants us to build quality into our organization. One of which is a 14-step quality improvement program, a QIP. So I went through that and I actually went ahead and I broke it down into the 14 steps and shared that in my first recording. But as I went through it afterwards and I thought about it, I said, if I was listening to this, which I do, I go back and I listen to all these old episodes because I want to reference a lot of golden nuggets from previous books. I think to myself and I say, do I find that valuable? Will I use that at all in my role? Again, I, whether, whether you're in management, if you're in sales, marketing, innovation, strategy, if you hold a management position in HR or whatever it is, finance, it doesn't matter. Will you use this? That's the question. Myself, I would never touch that because I think that when we read books, and I might be wrong about this, when I read books, I want to get some takeaways that I can apply into my role, into my career to get a better result. Now, the QIP, the 14-step method, is so long and so detailed, myself, I would not take the risk of 
implementing such a program in an organization without having the experience of doing it. I'm fine with reading a book and taking tidbits from it and saying, you know what, I can apply this or I can learn this and apply this. To me, that 14-step program was way too heavy, and I think it's just too onerous to put something like that into place. So to me, that's not the kind of podcast that I want to create. I want to create podcast after podcast about different golden nuggets of information that we can apply easily, easily. This 14-step program is not easily implemented. I mean, if I was wanting to do this, I would have to bring in a consultant to ensure that they would help me along the way in terms of doing this. I mean, maybe that was his plan. Maybe his plan was to do consulting and try to uh, attract people, which, of course, is probably the case because he's a consultant and that's what he wants to do. So if anyone's interested in the QIP, um, you know, he would readily engage them or he would get out a call to action there where, hey, you know, if you're interested in implementing a QIP in your organization, I can help you do it too. So, I mean, I completely understand it from that perspective. But from the perspective and the context and the purpose of this podcast, I didn't feel it was that necessary. So with that in mind, if I strip away the uh, 14-step QIP, what is there really from this book for me to share? Again, I say that every book is a great book. And despite that, despite that, I still think Quality is Free is a good book because I was able to take a really strong differentiation from this book in terms of what quality means to me. Quality means something to absolutely everybody. We all have a different definition of quality. If you ask 100 people, 100 people are going to give you a different definition of what they think quality is. In the professional services world, everybody says quality. Oh, we deliver a quality service or a quality result. Quality this, quality that. Well, what the hell is quality? What really, when it comes down to what is quality? This book gave me a very, very clear idea in terms of what quality truly is. And for that reason... I can say that I'm a fan of this book um, because I was able to take something from it. So I've mentioned quality is free a couple of times. So what is this book about? Quality is free is a book about making quality certain. Crosby, the author, contends that doing the job right the first time is always cheaper than reworking, scraping, servicing defective products or services. And because the cost of reworking, scraping, or servicing them is so high, by installing systems that ensure that things are done right the first time, the cost of quality is zero. It's free. So do things right in the first place, and you won't have to pay to fix them later on or do them over later on. So today's objective, the objective of today's episode, is that I want to stimulate your mind and get you thinking about quality different than you might have been thinking about it beforehand. So enough jibber-jabber, let's break right into this one. Golden nugget number one. Achieve greater quality by better understanding quality. So from the start, Crosby wants us to understand that the conventional way that most people think about quality is wrong. He does this by simply stating that quality is free. So by this, he means that quality is the ability of an organization to conform to requirements. He then follows it up by saying the actions that cost money are the unquality things or the actions needed when things are not done right the first time. He considers these unquality actions or non-conformance to requirements to be the cost of quality. Crosby then makes the argument that by not understanding the objective definition of quality, which is again is conformance to requirements, management is unintentionally causing an increased cost of quality for the organization. That, to me, is the number one biggest takeaway from this book. And that's the takeaway that I'm going to walk away with that, to me, means the most. 
Because to me, it's all about understanding requirements. If your boss or certain stakeholders or customers, if they're telling you something, hey, I want this. It's your job to capture their requirements as clearly and as succinctly as possible. That's your job. Capture the requirements. And then once you've captured the requirements, the customer, the stakeholder, your boss, whoever it is, agrees to those requirements and they sign off on it and they say, yes, these are the requirements that I am requesting of you. And if you're able to deliver on them, then that's success. So when you go back and you deliver on those requirements and you meet each of those requirements, that is quality. The cost of quality is not taking proper requirements. Sometimes it's not even taking requirements at all. In your marketing role, there's a lot of people out there who are marketing managers, marketing directors, even sales directors, sales managers, where you're communicating with one another and there is no point in time where you're actually asking for requirements. There's no requirements gathering. It's just, hey, you know what? We need a brochure. Okay, what is your brochure about? Uh, The brochure is going to talk a little bit about our business and a little bit about this and this. And the marketing person says, okay, cool. Yeah, I can do that for you. And then they go ahead, they create the brochure, they bring it back to sales and sales looks at them and says, what the hell is this? What is this? This is what I asked for. The marketing person goes to them and says, well, yeah, you asked me for a brochure about our company. Yeah, but about our company, I want you to talk about our five-year plan. I want you to talk about uh, our different offerings. I want to talk, talk about our vision, our mission, talk about some of our client success stories. The marketing goes back and says, hey, you didn't mention that at the very beginning. And sales says, well, I thought that was implied. And, you know, those kind of scenarios happen all the time, not in sales, not only in marketing and product development in just management scenarios in general, it happens all the time. So to start increasing the quality in your department, in your career, in your role within certain tasks, you have to become a master at gathering requirements. That to me is the biggest takeaway here is that quality, the definition of quality is the ability of an organization to conform to requirements. That to me is the key. So as we're talking about quality, Crosby, the author, talks about the absolutes of quality. And there's four of them. So the first absolute of quality that Crosby says is, quality is defined as conformance to requirements. Now we already know this. This is one of his most famous phrases because it makes very clear as to what quality is. It's understanding the requirements, becoming crystal clear on what they are, and meeting those requirements. Very simple. That's what quality is. Absolute number two, the system for causing quality is prevention, not appraisal. So according to Crosby, defects or nonconformance can't be completely eliminated. He believes that you can't stop employees from making mistakes. It's going to happen. But the organization can't expect their employees to make mistakes. So he stresses the need for an approach to constantly reduce errors. According to Crosby, the catch line to improve quality is prevention of nonconformance. So if you run a department, how can you ensure that your people build quality into whatever it is that they do? Ensure that they understand how to gather requirements properly. Maybe you have a system in place, a checklist in place in terms of how to gather requirements in an efficient, consistent manner. Give them tools, give them resources to help them gather requirements and show them how to do that and then how to meet those requirements. By doing that, you're going to have far better communication. There's going to be a lot less rework, a lot less go-between, a lot less confusion in terms of what's required. If your requirements are laid out, it becomes very easy for you to understand and for you to deliver. Absolute number three, the performance standard must be zero defects, not that's close enough. 
So Crosby emphasized that organizations must aim at zero defects. This approach would help organizations improve quality substantially. Further, he also discourages organizations from being complacent after reaching high quality standards. Quality is a continuous improvement process and must be aimed at pushing the envelope of quality even further. So the takeaway from this one is very simple. We want to make sure that we're always improving, that we're always trying to get better. We want to get better at gathering requirements and we want to get better at communicating those requirements, re-communicating them, asking questions. How can we get better at continuously delivering quality? Pretty simple. And the final absolute on quality, absolute number four, the measurement of quality is the price of nonconformance. So Crosby states that the metric to quality is not in the number of defects, rather the price of nonconformance. He says the price of nonconformance is the best way to measure quality. In other words, by not doing this properly, what is the consequence? So what is the price of doing something wrong? What is the price of redoing that website? Well, you have a website that doesn't meet your requirements, which means you have to go back and do a lot of rework. You have to interview sales and ask sales what they want. You have to go back and, number one, you have to pay the designers, the developers, for the upfront costs of what they did originally, which is wrong, and have them redo work so it becomes even more expensive. So again, this makes it so simple to understand. Quality is about ensuring you have those requirements down and make sure that you conform to those requirements. Very simple. That to me is the biggest takeaway from this book. The final golden nugget, golden nugget number two, use the QMMG to drive quality. So the quality management maturity grid, that's the QMMG, is an organizational maturity matrix conceived by Crosby. So the QMMG is used by an organization as a benchmark of how mature their processes are and how well they're embedded into the culture with respect to service or product quality management. Now this grid is a matrix that consists of five columns and six rows. Each column represents a stage or level of maturity in which the organization happens to be, while each row represents a measurement category. So the five maturity stages that Crosby has outlined in the QMMG are uncertainty, awakening, enlightenment, wisdom, and certainty. The six measurement categories are management understanding and attitude, quality organization status, problem handling, cost of quality as percentage of sales, quality improvement actions, and summation of company quality posture. It's a really great tool. I like it because it gives me an understanding in terms of where the organization sits with regards to quality. So for example, if I look at the different measurement categories, I'll go to management, understanding, and attitude. Great. So now I'll look at the different stages. And after reading all the different stages, I'll make a decision as to where I believe our organization sits. So if you sit in stage one, uncertainty, you might identify greater with the statement that says, you have no comprehension of quality as a management tool, and you tend to blame the quality department for quality problems. So if that's the case, great. Then you put yourself a check mark on stage one uncertainty with regard to management understanding and attitude, then you go down to the next one. This to me was a very cool tool because it gave me a little bit of insight into how seriously our department or our organization takes quality. Now, the purpose of the QMMG is to help an organization understand where they stand when it comes to implementing an organization-wide quality initiative. Anyone looking at this grid can tell exactly where their organization stands, and as they progress, they will advance in their levels of observed maturity, and you can actually be able to track that using the QMMG. 
So I actually think the QMMG, the Quality Management Maturity Grid, is actually pretty cool. And what I'll do is I'll send it to you if you sign up for the weekly summaries, the weekly mind maps. I'll put that into the actual summary itself so you have access to that. And you can go ahead and see where your organization sits with regard to the different stages. There we have it. Only two golden nuggets this week taken from Quality is Free by Philip Crosby. Originally, I had seven golden nuggets taken from this, but last night after I recorded it and went to bed and uh, I edited it and everything and I was ready to publish it, I woke up this morning and said, I can't do it. I can't send this out because to me, it wasn't about adding value anymore. These weren't golden nuggets that I would use. They were just regurgitating what was in the book. And there were stupid things like, for example, define for me what quality control is, what statistical process control, what appraisal is, or there was the six stages or the six C's of implementing a quality improvement process or the 14 steps in the quality improvement program. Like all these things I wouldn't implement in my own department because there's no way that I would take the risk of reading a book and saying, I got it, guys. I'm going to implement this massive organization department-wide program. I just wouldn't do it. I would work with somebody who is in quality, who has the experience, who can help coach me through this process because it's far more complex than just reading a book and implementing these processes here. So I sat down last night and looked at it and said, listen, if, I, if I'm not going to do it myself, I can't expect you guys to do it either. So I don't want to put crap out there for you. I want to cut, huh, cut the crap out so that you guys only have pieces of information that you can apply to get a good result, to get an immediate result, or at least start to invest in a particular area within your career, within your department to get a specific result. Me personally, the two golden nuggets that I took from this, again, to me, the biggest one was understanding quality at a deeper level. Um, To me, I've heard the term quality, but it never meant anything to me. Now, when I walk away from this book, I look at quality as a very specific definition. It's conformance to requirements. Now, when it comes to gathering requirements, that's something that's more important than I used to think it was. I used to think, yeah, gather requirements, ask them some questions. Don't worry, I'll get it right. I'll get 75% of it right. Don't worry about it. It's close enough. After reading this book and thinking about quality from a different perspective, I know that I need coaching in terms of how to do requirements gathering better to ensure that I get it right the first time. And that's the biggest takeaway from this book is that quality is free. What's expensive is the non-conformity to requirements. That's the expensive piece. It's not capturing requirements correctly. That's where it gets expensive. And that the example that I gave you with sales and marketing, that happens all the time. Not even through sales and marketing, but it happens organization-wide from department to department. So if there's one takeaway that you can get from this book, it's get better at gathering requirements. Do what you need to do to understand how to gather requirements in a more efficient, consistent manner. And not only will that help you do your job properly, and it'll help you understand what your stakeholders want, it's going to ensure that you save the organization more money by doing things right the first time. So I hope you guys aren't disappointed by this episode because there's only two golden nuggets. You know, for anybody who read this book before and has a differing opinion, please email me. Uh, You can email me through the website. Feel free to email me directly, ryan.caligiri at me.com. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever you want, however you prefer to communicate. Let me know what your thoughts are on the book and if you agree with me. All right, you guys, but that is a wrap. We're done this week. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, you guys, um, it's always a pleasure to have you guys join me here. And uh, every single week, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing my absolute best to bring you the best golden nuggets. Cut the crap, guys. I don't want to give you guys anything that I don't find valuable myself. And that includes perhaps cutting 95% of the crap from certain books that I read. 
All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you back here next week with a brand new business book and brand new golden nuggets. Take it easy. Have a great week. I love you guys. I love you. I repeat, I love you. If no one has ever told you this, if no one told you this today, this week, this month, this year, or this very second, I want you to know I love you. And I also want you to know that the fact that you're still alive and still on this earth, even though it's been challenging and rough, and sometimes you get discouraged and uninspired to keep going, you will grow through what you go through. Everything that you're going through at some point, it makes no sense to you right now, but at some point, all of these issues, challenges, and problems continue to show up and what you were supposed to learn from it. You will grow through what you go through. 